Can it be betrayal trauma even if it's not sex addiction? Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with Real Recovery. got a really good caller on today it's going to be an interesting discussion um how to how how to go for you this weekend what do you mean well we this weekend was nuts (laughs) yeah yeah what went on this weekend well i went to a youth conference on friday night and slept on a concrete floor with like 20 boys like screaming all night around me (laughs) that was awesome (laughs) <laughs> then I, I went to ski school with my kids on Saturday, so I was dead tired from from that night. And uh, but I got to tell you, uh, like uh, I was up in the mountains at Brighton at night. Snow was good. I mean, oh, it was just so nice. Awesome. Um, but got home from ski school at eleven o'clock at night and turned around and drove three hours to uh, to Farron, Utah. And uh, spent the day there um, to to say farewell to our aunt and uncle who are going on on a, on a church mission, and um, and so yeah, got home last night and here we are this morning. That's so a full weekend it, with no rest yeah. over the weekend. So, but an awesome weekend. Yeah. It was really it was really really good. So that's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just wanted to throw a big shout out to uh, Uncle Doug and Aunt Pumpkin who live in Farron, <laughs> Utah. Pumpkin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. We we. Uh, we 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 love them and are really proud of the decisions that they've decided to do and the examples that they're setting for us to being people who live with conviction and so I just wanted to throw a shout out to them really quickly before we get started. Yeah, just an example of humility and and just loving the Lord, right? Loving God and so yeah, yeah. I, I I appreciate them as well. So All right, should we dive in? Yeah, let's do it. So we've All got right, uh so- We've Go got ahead. Chelsea here with us today, and Chelsea, you've got some pretty good questions. Why don't you just introduce yourself in terms of the information that could be helpful for us to know, ask your first question, and then we'll just have a discussion, okay? Okay. Um, so do you want me like a little background of why I'm where I am today? Yeah, that would be great. Okay. That'd be awesome. Okay. So um, my husband and I um, got married about 14 years ago, and we met online. We got married five months later, very quickly. We both had a daughter. Mine was five. His was two. Um, I knew he drank before we met, but he had gotten, said he'd gotten saved like shortly before we got married. And so, um, he just moved with in with me after we got married and he left that lifestyle or whatever. And I didn't think it was a big deal or whatever. Um, he spent the next probably five to seven years, like sober, like no problem that I could tell. Um, I felt like we had a really good relationship. And then, um, we had, um, a probably pretty tragic miscarriage for us around, um, in 2000, I don't know what year was that was. I don't know. It was like, um, around that five to seven year mark. And he had spent like the, our entire marriage, like doing everything he could. I realize now to like diminish my pain, like no conflict, like just how can we make Chelsea happy? Like, I just love her. I don't want to be in pain. Mm. I think 
I, I, I could be wrong. We haven't ever talked about this. We haven't got help from anywhere, but I think I grieve that loss very well. And I came out of it very well, but I think he didn't. And I think, um, he saw me in this tremendous amount of pain and he could do nothing about it. And there's nothing he could do to fix it. Mm-hmm. And so I, looking back at some of the timelines, um, that's when he started like drinking, spending money, doing things behind my back that I didn't know. And I found out a little bit along the way, but I didn't find out that he had been drinking, um, until like three years ago. And by that time, like our marriage is just like a wreck. Um, we had, we have nine kids now, so we've had seven since we got married. So like just very busy family. And like, I didn't see, I had no idea he was drinking like zero. Like a lot of people like, Ooh, how could you not tell? Have you never been around drunk people before? Um, yeah, I had no idea. Like he would work late and he would come home and he would avoid me. Um, he moved out of the bedroom like five years ago. I've invited him back a few times since then. Um, he never stays. Um, so the drinking has been the issue, spending money. Um, he's lost three businesses now in the last, I don't know, five years that have cost us like $75,000. Um, it's just been a mess. Um, he says he's four months sober now, four and a half months sober now, but um, he's not really working any type of recovery. Um I also found out he had pursued an online girlfriend about a year ago. Um, I recently found this out. I would have never thought that that would have been part of this story too. I do know there's a little bit of pornography use during a couple of the years there, but nothing where I would say I believe was a sex addiction. Um, and so anyway, I just feel like there's been a lot and, um, I think some of the things that he's done has been more like acceptable addictions. And so, kind of for people to take it seriously or to really believe me or whatever. I feel like it's been a lot harder than if I was just like, Oh yeah, he's addicted to sex or he's addicted to pornography or whatever, because in the church, Mm -hmm. those are not acceptable. You do not do that stuff. Right. You, you have compassion for an alcoholic, right? But you, Mm -hmm. you look at sex addiction. It's like, uh, uh, like, no, like Chelsea's Chelsea's justified to be pissed off about that. But the alcoholism is like, Oh, like be there for him. And, and uh, right. That is that kind of how you're feeling or, Oh, it's not really that bad. Just stop drinking or like, yeah, like, like, Oh, it's not something to, yeah, it's not that bad type of thing. Like, like just, it's harder to get people to really like understand because it's not as maybe bad of a sin. I don't know. Right. Right. Does it, does it somehow like feel like it invalidates your story and your experience because of that, Chelsea? Um, just wait, can you rephrase that maybe a little bit? Like, what do you mean? Does Does it, it, yeah. So does it, does it feel like you're not allowed to have a leg to stand on if you might feel betrayed or feel angry or sad or grief um, because you can't necessarily pin it to this sex addiction label like other people can? Does it feel like there's no no room for your own emotions to be real if there isn't some way to name it? Right. And because it was drinking, it wasn't like violating the marriage bed or whatever you want to say, kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you feel like, do you feel like you've been violated in the relationship, Chelsea? Absolutely. Absolutely. I have, I mean, trust just in general, like I've learned a lot from you guys about like intimacy and stuff. And like, we have, I mean, there's, I see now that the intimacy breakdown happened a long time ago. I mean, 
I'm not blameless. Like I've said so many things that I shouldn't have said. I've done so many things that I shouldn't have done. I didn't even know he was drinking for a long time. So a lot of the fights I was fighting with a a drunk, you can't fight with drunks. Um, so that's just a whole nother part of it, I guess. Um, yeah. So uh, I want to ask like, uh, well, you just answered this, but I'm going to ask it. So this is like stupid question of the day. Okay. <laughs> so, um, do, do you trust him? <laughs> no, because, okay. and it's in all arenas, like, and I can't, well, there's no communication and I'm trying to like raise our kids and like I homeschool and I have to work now because he lost all that money in business. And like, he's just got no, like compassion for what i've had to go through are uh, the the reason i asked that is to get that answer from you that was perfect so you're falling right into my trap here chelsea <laughs> um but what uh what why are you in the relationship still i mean i i do love him like he's been like you don't love me blah 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 and i'm like well i don't like have lovey feelings for you like obviously this stuff hurts but like we've never even given it a chance like anytime there's been any talk about fixing this or whatever nothing like there's just nothing it's just brushed under the rug and move on um i know he's a really good guy like i know the things in the beginning of our relationship like i mean five to seven years seems like a long time to like i mean be like a decent relationship. Obviously there was things that weren't done right then. Um, I mean, I can't, I can't do that to my kids. I know that, I mean, shallow or whatever, but like separating, divorcing is not an option. So, so that, that, that was the trap I was trying to set is, is, uh, I mean, what I hear Chelsea is no trust. Um, a lot of resentment toward him. Um, n- feeling like you don't have a good reason to leave because it's not sex addiction and right. But, but what I'm sensing from you is you would, you want out, you don't want a relationship that has all of this. It's not giving you what you want and what you need. Right. Um, but you want to stay in because look at the pressure that you're under to stay in. You got nine kids. And what you just said is like, I would never hurt them. I would never leave. Um, but then you're in a position where you have to just keep taking this on over and over and over again with a man who's not in recovery. Right. And so what option does that leave you? Just keep doing it. Figure out how to feel differently about it. If you're going to stay, I guess that's one option or you stay miserable if, if, I mean, if and I think you hit the table. Yeah. I mean, I think you, I don't want to feel miserable. I've been doing a lot of like self work. Um, I've been like, cause again, like I think the, the resentment and stuff has bred a lot of like bad things in me. And so I'm working on like flushing a lot of that out. Um, I'm working about like what's important, what's not. Um, so figuring out a way to make it work because I believe that, I don't know, maybe I'm stupid and naive. I believe that he can get help. And I believe that God is for marriage. And I believe, like, I believe something inside of him loves me still. And I believe, like, absolutely, 100%, 
childhood trauma plays a giant role in what he's going through. And like for him to address that, like, I can't even talk to him about that, but he's had, he had some sexual abuse from his sister as a very young child. His house was filled with pornography and, um, he was told through the public school his entire life that he was worthless and he'd never make it anywhere. So I have compassion for him in those areas. I don't think he's a loser. I don't think he's like worthless. Compassion doesn't require not having boundaries yourself, Chelsea. And, and, and so like, amen to all the things you just said. Like, I believe God believes in marriage and I I believe your husband's probably a good a good soul, a good person and a good man, right? With a horrific addiction thing going on, right? But again, we're coming back to this place of Chelsea needs to sacrifice herself because he has this addiction thing. And 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 it's it's interesting that you say, you know, he won't even touch talking through his trauma with me with a 10-foot pole, right? So the question is is you know, being sober for four months is awesome. That's the first step. That's great. But is he going to go address the actual roots to this issue? So, so, you know, yeah, I, like I, ahead, I want to just go along with that, Brandon, because I think Chelsea, you started to say some things that could be helpful to you without realizing you just did. And here's, here's what I'm getting at is that too often, like you come to a, a therapist or a treatment group or something, and you start comparing your story to everybody else's and, in in this world, it's like, okay, well, he's not a sex addict, so I guess I probably shouldn't feel the way that I do, even though he's using... Which, by the way, Tyler, I don't know if I believe yeah, that. Which, but which, yeah, <laughs> but what I, would, what, what I would say is that there's, no, there's not really... On one hand, it doesn't really matter how you label it when you can see that let's just take this whole pot of acting out and let's just call it spending money inappropriately, alcohol, sexually acting out video games, anger. Let's just throw that all in the same lump thing and just call that acting out. Okay. Yeah. The, is- the issue here yeah. is that the, the pursuit to numb and avoid is an unhealthy form of coping. And I don't care if you call it an addiction or not. It's causing everything else in life to suffer. And so I don't, it doesn't matter if he's like, I'm, I'm not a sex addict. I don't care. Is your, is your lying and hiding and acting out with alcohol and pornography and other women and spending money, is all of that leading you to a place in the big picture where you get to hold on to the things that matter most? And right now the answer is no. The answer is it's causing everything to unravel. There's no connection. Can so, trust in the relationship, like, is there any there hope can't for be, it There all? can't be any trust in the relationship until those things are addressed. And so, Chelsea, you were starting to say, well, he won't go, you know, he, he can't even touch his childhood trauma. He's not touching the dishonesty piece. Like, four months of sobriety. Okay, good. That was a good hard-fought battle of sobriety from alcohol, if that's true. But none of the other stuff is being addressed. And until that stuff is being willingly addressed, that's going to be really hard to rebuild trust. Yeah, so, I agree. So where Brandon's going with this is that, and this is where I think a lot of people fall into the mistake, is that they get stuck in the acting out and defining labels and terms and whether or not it's called an addiction or whatever, when in reality, all you need to focus on is what are some principles that I care deeply enough about 
to start setting some level of boundaries around. And I don't have to necessarily leave my marriage in order for that to happen on a smaller scale. So do I value trust? Do I value effort? Do I value the practice of compassion? If I value those things, that's where I can start to set my boundaries instead of like going, well, I don't have a leg to stand on because it's not really technically a sexual addiction. Yeah. I mean, I think boundaries is a big issue with me and I am very, I, I don't really know how to do it. I don't know how to do boundaries in this situation. I don't, because it comes to like money and kids, people are like, Oh, you need to separate your bank accounts and stuff like that. And I have a lot of fear around that. Um, they're like, you know, you just need to make the schedule for the kids and he just needs to buy by it. I'm like, but they're his kids too. He can't, I can't just be like, Oh, do this or do that. Like, the whole idea of I can't control him, but yet if I'm doing these things with our shared things, like our house, our, some of our time, our money, our kids, like those are the places I don't know where boundaries, like, I mean, I guess, yeah. Chelsea, my, so nine kids, amazing. (laughs) I don't know how you do it. Like four kids is enough for me. Right. And, um, but divorce is a viable option for me in my relationship with my wife. And my my relationship, I feel like, is really good. Um, I love my wife more than anything, and I have no desire to divorce her at, right now. I have no desire. Um, I, but, but divorce is an option, and divorce is an option for her as well. And, and this goes against everything. Tyler, what were we taught as kids about divorce? Yeah, basically, you just don't do it. Like, you, you basically... Yeah. God doesn't want you to, you don't do it. It hurts the kids. It's now I don't, I'm not planning on divorcing Jenny. That's not what I'm planning on. That's, I don't think that's where this will go. I think we'll be together forever. All those things. And divorce is an option. Now, now why, why is divorce a a healthy thing for me to have as a, as a possibility or a reality in my life? Well, I think it's, I think it's so they, can't just run you over. I don't know. Yeah, it's about it comes back to self-respect. Um it comes back to to me and even you know, like if if she is abusive or if she is uh breaking certain boundaries of mine uh repeatedly without a desire to shift or change, um I need to be able to be honest with her. Your resentment, Chelsea, Let's not look at that as a bad thing for a second. Let's look at that as, as, as something communicating to you. Um, it's, it's your inner soul that's speaking to you. Let's look at it that way for just a second, okay? And what's your resentment saying about what's happening in your marriage? That it's bad. It's yeah. not working. This isn't cool. Yeah. Right? That, that are, you, are you worthy of real love? and intimacy and connection? Yeah, I mean... That, was, that, that wasn't yeah, rhetorical. I mean, yeah, I guess. Like, that's difficult. Like, when... Because, again, like, what is my part in this? You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't cause him to drink, but I do know that in those first, like, good years of marriage, like, I had some controlling tendencies. Like, I controlled the money and, like, I mean, 
and I, I guess I've looked, I've kind of rehashed it a little bit. I think control in the sense that I just did everything and he gave no pushback. Wait, 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 stop, stop, stop for a second. That's not the question I asked. Look what you're doing with it. You're going to my, my shit stinks, Brandon. And so like, who am I to come back to him and speak to him? What my resentment is telling me. Right. And the fact of the matter is, is if you're breaking his boundaries, then hopefully he'll step up and say, Hey, Chelsea, like that you being controlling and doing these things that doesn't work for me. Right. Let's, let's work through that. But just because you were an awesome in a lot of ways, doesn't mean that you now should tolerate. And, and, and to be honest with you, I, I don't use this word lightly as Tyler knows, but an addict who's not really working recovery and wanting his spouse to just hang in there with him. That's an abusive relationship. It's an emotionally abusive relationship. So Chelsea, please tolerate this emotionally abusive relationship because you sucked, right? That's not that. That's just another reason for you not to be boundaried that you're, you're telling yourself again, I can't, I can't step up for me. Do, do you hear that? I think so. I mean, he feels like I emotionally abuse him too, though. So and he, he sh- that, that and he should have some boundaries cool. around that. So you don't <laughs> resent each other and stay together in a terrible relationship. Like that's, that's what Brandon's getting at here. So, so Marshall Lenahan, who's the founder of DBT, she outlines kind of three key principles that we operate in relationships for. The first one, of course, is that we're wired for connection. We want attachment. We want love. We want support. We want to feel connected to people. The second one is, is that we have to maintain our self-respect. And the third thing is to get what we want. And what people don't understand is, is that the best relationships are where I'm constantly balancing all three of those things inside the relationship. So too many of us step way into like, well, it's all about connection. So I can't have a voice. I can't make waves. I can't cause any problems. And if we lose ourselves, we actually have nothing to give to the relationship. And so we have to also be balancing at the same time saying, if I want to be able to give to this relationship, if I want to be able to actually contribute, I have to maintain my self-respect which means I now have to be able to know who I am. I need to know what my values are. I need to know what I'm willing to do to protect those values and be sensitive to the other person as I protect those values. But Tyler, as an addict comes in, if if I have an addiction, if it's me, my spouse and my addiction in this relationship, then what I need to ask of my spouse is to sacrifice and give up her self-respect so that we can continue if the addiction, to have a If the addiction stays right? in the like, relationship, but, what, but that's what we're saying, Brandon, is why not yes. set the boundaries around the addiction and say, I see you. I see that you've got your childhood trauma. I see that you can't take ownership for things. I see that you're scared. I see that you're vulnerable. I can see how hard this work is for you. I can see that I've done things that have been abusive in the past, and I'm going to work on those things because those aren't helpful to us either. But what isn't okay is for your buddy over here, your addiction, to set up shop in the the extra bedroom. But there's a reason why, Tyler, and here's the reason, is because if I really say that it's not okay for you to have that buddy, your addiction in the extra bedroom, there's a feeling from a partner that's like, I, yes. I actually think he might choose his addiction over me. Like if I, if I, if I put this line in the sand, I'm scared because I got nine kids 
and I got this life and like, if I really get strong, yikes, you know what, this could lead to divorce, but it's not Chelsea. I know we're talking about you with you right here, but that Chelsea, that's not you not choosing the relationship. That's him choosing his addiction over a healthy relationship when you get strong. Right. And you think that starts with self-respect what are you thinking about? Is for myself? Yes. So you Absolutely. think that I don't have any self-respect Absolutely. for myself? I mean, like, honestly, I, right? I, th- I think you, sacri- you sacrifice yourself to preserve the relationship um, with your husband. And, and you've done it for a long time. And the, a telltale sign of that is resentment. And then you'll, have, you'll start to have physical symptoms. You'll start to have some depression or anger issues and all, all kinds of stuff will start to come out because he's taking a giant piece of you and you're not congruent with your truths with God in your relationship. And, and so what, what do you think is I'm saying that Chelsea, what, how does it make you feel? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that hard to hear? I mean, it is because, I mean, this journey has been extremely confusing because I like, I always said, I just wish you did this stuff in front of me. And so like, I always thought I was doing the right thing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's something I really haven't thought about. But it's that dilemma that you're in that's so hard, right? Like the right thing might be long suffering and and trying to have compassion for him and positive regard and forgiveness all the time. Right. Um, like in, in, on one hand, that might be the right yeah. thing, but on the other hand, what Tyler and I are saying is like, is that really the right thing? Sacrificing your truths and your self-respect and, 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 and setting that example to your kids as well, like showing them like, like, so, so it, it's a tough dilemma that, that you're put in as a spouse of whether it's a sex addiction or alcoholism or whatever it is, you're put in that tough dilemma, right? Um, so where do you go? How yeah. You is there a way to like meet in the middle? That's what you're looking for, right? That's the goal. Mm-hmm. So, so where it tends to go is it goes one of two directions. Either it goes to, I set up a total wall and I don't let anybody in and I just keep my self-respect come hell or high water and I will be lonely and miserable the rest of my life. Or it goes to what Brandon's describing, which is like, yeah, that, that, that one's okay that they stepped on that value and that value and that value, because this one value of staying in a marriage is the biggest one of all. So I'll just do that. But now I won't like myself and then I'll resent him. And, and then I'll just be miserable until we die, but at least I will have not gotten a divorce. And, and what the funny thing is, is that Brandon's saying this, I think both of us, honestly believe that in most cases, when you come to a place of knowing divorce could be an option and that you'd be okay if it was, you're way less likely to have a divorce. Because because what mm-hmm. ends up happening yeah, I see that. what ends up happening is is that now, you know, we talk about this all the time on the podcast, but we allow ourselves to be treated right up to the level that we believe we're worthy of being treated. So if my husband's gonna lie to me in my relationship and I don't do anything about that then really what I'm saying is honesty is really not that important to me. It's just important enough for me to complain about it and be resentful, but I don't want to do anything about it. Um, 
And so, so that middle ground is you're able to go to your partner and you're able to say, I see you. I can see that these behaviors are happening. I can see that you must be scared. You must be this. You must that. I actually want to be in a relationship with you. I don't want a divorce. These other principles are also just as important. And the only way that we can both have what we want is if there's honesty and fidelity and if there's effort. And I'm willing to do that. I want to do those things because I value those things. I also need you to be doing those things if I'm going to choose to X, Y, or Z, whatever level of connection I want to put myself in at. Right? So there is, there yeah. is room for the middle. There's, it's, not, it's not like you have to, it has to be all or nothing one way or the other, but there has to be honesty with yourself about what those real values actually are. I, I, I think we, <laughs> well, I just that. feel like that, that, I, um, that what you said almost is like not really the middle cause it's going to push you one way or the other. Like no matter what, there's no middle. Yeah. There's no, there you're, you're, so there's no way around something. And, and, and it's, this is the middle is, is you having tons of compassion and love toward your husband and tons of compassion and love toward yourself at the same time. And the middle is sitting in that space and then, and, but there's a requirement and here's the requirement and it's faith. It's, it's showing up in that space and letting go of the outcome of, of, and it's letting go of control about what, what happens from there. And so there's no way around that Chelsea of, of like, if you show up honest and authentic and loving with your husband, there's no way around the fact that he might not choose you. And that he might abandon you and you might not stay married. Like, I wish there was another way. I wish I could tell you like, Hey, I guarantee you that if you show up in that strong place, he'll choose you. Mm -hmm. But I can't. Right. And, and that's the, that's the tough reality. And that's where you hand it to God and you mm -hmm. say, where am I going to land? What's going to happen if I show up in truth? We know that God wants you to show up in truth. We know that. I think that's obvious. We don't know where where that's well, ultimately. End, that is between yeah. That's right. between you and God, and and I think sometimes the focus becomes me and my partner, and then, in a sense, my partner, yeah. my partner becomes the false god instead of instead of like what the mm -hmm. truth is. And so Brandon's really getting at this concept of surrender, Chelsea, because you're right. Like if you sit down and say, okay, here's what I desire, and here's what my values are. You said, I'm being pushed one way or the other. The truth is, is that you're not being pushed one way or the other. You're in that space. And then the choices of your partner will then lead to your decisions. And, and ultimately, mm -hmm. it's going to be you're the deciding being. And it, it ends with you with a choice, but it's going to be based off of principles and values and an invitation so, so now the, the best boundary is set with this invitation to say, I want something with you. Like I actually, we got nine kids together. Like I want, I want connection. I want support. I want us to, I want us to have a good relationship with each other. And it's going to be based off of these principles. Are you with me? And, and if he says, now I got this other dude staying in the other bedroom and he, I, I think I'm just going to choose him instead. At that point, then you get a chance to make a choice and you can be like, all right. But, but Tyler, I do want to say like, 
in the process of that, of what you're talking about, Tyler, there will be hiccups. So at times he'll choose the addiction, it, you know, and, but, but, but really it's, what, what, is, I, what I does she want to see? I think this is what I'm getting from, from you, Chelsea, is the vibe is you'd be in this thing through thick and thin if, and, and you are, you just want the effort to be in process. And right now, and right now, you're not feeling like there's a lot of process yeah, happening, and forward. so it's really frustrating. But you'd be in it, like you could. I I think you could probably honestly go to your husband and be like, I don't want to go anywhere, and I'm going to be here, and I would want to support you, and I'm going to work on my own stuff, and I haven't been totally healthy all the time either, and I'm going to go to work on that myself, and and that's what you really want. And and if he were to go and have a hiccup, and let's say he went and drank today, and he came back, and he was like, oh, I screwed up. I drank today. I'm not going to hide anything from you anymore. And I know that's really hard for you to hear. Here's my new plan. And this is what I'm going to do. That would be process. That's and there'd be something the right inside direction. of you that would probably go, dang, that sucks that he drank. But whoa, that's the first time I've had honesty in a while. You know, um, if he acted out some other way. I mean, there has been a lot of, so yeah. there has been a lot of that too, though. There's been a lot of, okay, I drank. Okay, I'm quitting. I drank, but, but not like, but there's no recovery that's, with it. There's never been that's like... That's the difference. So yeah. so recovery yeah. comes with not just lip service, but effort. So if he if he was coming back to you and saying, yeah. hey, I drank and here's who I talked to and here's what I'm going to set for myself tomorrow so that it doesn't happen. And here's what I'm doing to deal with my childhood stuff. That would be recovery work. But if he comes back and says, oh, I drank. I don't know what happened, but I won't do it tomorrow. And then he doesn't do anything different. That's not recovery. That's not right. Recovery. That's that's incongruency. Well, his recovery is his recovery. He thinks is very self based. He thinks he's read all the books on addiction, and he thinks that, um, like he finds like he won't go to therapy. He won't go to like any addiction groups or anything like that. But he'll meet with like a mentor once a week from like the church, who they don't really know us. I mean, nobody really knows us there. Um, and then he goes to men's Bible study and he's like, I'm doing these other things. I'm journaling and like, and like, I'm not saying those things aren't bad, but again, I just don't know how that will ever lead to real recovery. Yeah. You got to go down to the, the pain, to the, to the trauma and process through that and, and to shift those faulty core beliefs and, and, and your, your gut, your intuition Chelsea is saying, I, I know he's not quite getting there. Like really, you know, I call it the fate, the cave you fear to mm. enter, like stepping yep. through that cave um, because the shift won't happen um, that you really desire from him unless he's willing to, to, to do that. And, and so it's frustrating because there's this part of him that's like, I want to work mm -hmm. recovery. I want to be good with God. I want to, like, I, I want that. And, and you see the goodness of the man there that does that. But there's this other part of you that's like, yeah, but that, that dude there doesn't mm -hmm. build trust with me. Right. That dude there relapses every three or four months mm -hmm. and lies about it. Like, and, and that's mm -hmm. not enough for me. And he doesn't want to, he doesn't want um, me part of anything. He just wants to work his recovery and just, which is another sign of, of not recovery. That's, a lack that's of the equivalent and of dealing with a three-year-old when you can tell recovery. they can't tie their own shoes yet. And they sit there and stare at you and go, me do it, me do it, me do it. <laughs> it's like, that's not, that's not like stepping into your full manhood. 
Right. It's like, okay, but they don't want to do learn it. a and new about, way. And about 10 <laughs> minutes later, they're crying because they can't go outside and play. And then you're like, you want me to help you tie your shoe? And they're like, okay, fine. Right. So, so there's mm. principles in play here. So real recovery yeah. warrants humility, which means an acknowledgement of my strengths and my weaknesses. It requires openness and accountability, which is honesty and transparency. And then it requires effort and work. And what you're getting right now is some level of humility once in a while with some lip service. And it sounds like some level of effort and work, but not full all in willingness. And that's what's probably driving you crazy right. a little bit. Right. Chelsea, my guess, my guess, and I, I hate to do this right toward the end of an episode, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it anyways. Just my guess. And Tyler, I want, I want your opinion on this too, is that there's something out there that's big or, or has been going on for a while that he's, he's really not wanting you to see, um, that, that he's hiding. And why, why would I say that? I don't know to scare me. Am I, am I, freaking I feel out? like I found out everything. Yeah. Why, why would I say that? <laughs> Um, I'm saying that because there's a lack of disclosure and transparency. And so it's trying to put this bandaid on something and move forward without dealing with what is. And, and it's interesting as you've talked about kind of him connecting with the past girlfriend and he looks at porn once in a while. And, um, I would really like to know the extent of the acting out sexually, um, uh, you know, if there's also lies going on around the alcoholism and money and other things, my guess is there's lies going on ar around other things that you don't know what you don't know. And I'm not saying this to trigger you, to freak you out, but in order for healing to start, um, then things just need yeah. to get laid on the table. Just boom, like let's put it out there so we can start. And then that will take the pressure and the shame yeah. off of him. Yeah. So that he can start to move forward in his recovery. Well, I, so yeah, I, I'm I sorry if that triggers like, you. Tyler, what do you think? That might be true, Brandon. There might be some big secret uh, in terms of behavior that hasn't been disclosed. It could also be that, that you know the story of the behaviors and the focus has been on the behaviors themselves. But the issue is, is that there's still a pattern of dishonesty and hiding and doing things on my own, which all lend themselves to not getting better. So, so it might be yeah. the pattern itself where it's more like, yeah, there's a, there's a habit here of deception and hiding that has been ingrained for years because that's how I protect myself from my shame being seen. If I'm not committed at a bare minimum to overcoming that habit, I'm going to be in trouble because no matter how long I stay sober for, it's only a matter of time until I'm numbing out with something else because I haven't learned how to reach out and cope with my emotions properly. And so it could be, it could be some big disclosure thing. It could also be the pattern of dishonesty. That is the problem that needs mm -hmm. to be worked on. Even though you, even though you know all the details, right? Yeah. And ultimately it's because he doesn't even love himself. Right. I mean, like he hasn't right. Yeah. Like I just think he hates himself so much that this, yeah, I don't yeah. know. So Um, I just want to, we, we got to wrap up, but Chelsea, I just met you, you know, and, and I just want to say, um, 
kind of my, what, what I feel from you is, is a, a, a fiery, powerful, strong woman. Um, naturally, na- naturally, that's who you are. And, and it's interesting as you share your story, it's like, man, I got all this resentment and, I'm, and we're talking about how you're not living in your truths. And I think that goes against everything that, that you are built for. Like you, you are a strong, fiery, powerful woman. And, and so I, I think God needs that woman out there in the world with your kids. And, and I'm sure you show up that way in many ways, but to work through this marital stuff might be, some of the thresholds that you need to work through to really step into to your purpose and who you are. And, and so, um, I I've come across a little strong today. And I think one reason is because I see that, that spirit and that soul inside. It, it of you absolutely emanates through the screen. So, you know, I think Brandon and I both see it, Brandon and I both see it and we both actually <laughs> like it and we don't want that stifled. Um, Yeah by addiction or whatever, by any fear. Okay. So, all right, Chelsea, any last words? No, any last thing you want to say? Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Chelsea. You, you do have a good energy okay. to you. You can um, hear the wrestle happening inside of you. And I think you're going to be successful, especially if you keep doing the things that you're doing on your side of things. So, yeah. For, uh, for those of you guys who are listening, uh, if this ring a bell for you, we'd All love right. to hear what your thoughts are on it. And we appreciate Chelsea's courage to come on the show. And if you know someone who might be in a similar situation that this could benefit, please share it with them. All right. See you guys. <laughs>